0: You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and um, Brian is actually absent today. Um, he is on a special long-distance trip, so I have a special guest with me, uh, one Mr. Chris Martin. Chris Martin. Chris, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Um, Chris, among many other duties at uh, Lifeway Christian Resources, um, heads up Lifeway Social, which is a um, which is an area of the organization that helps helps uh, churches learn how to do social media better. <laughs> is that isn't a nice succinct way to
1: say that? Yeah, churches, but really a bunch of people. That's true. Um, really, kind of you agree with me or our philosophy of Lifeway Social that social media, that Christians should use social media more to help other people than to serve themselves, whether that's a church or a Christian author or a Christian nonprofit. If you agree with the philosophy that we should be using social media more to help and serve people than to uh, promote ourselves, then you'll fit in just fine with Lifeway Social. So that's kind of the overarching philosophy.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and I mean, I, I learn a lot from watching some of the discussions in, uh, in the Facebook groups and from the blog and everything like that. So it's, it's really helpful stuff. So on that note, Chris and I are going to be discussing a gospel centered approach to social media, which is a obviously a very, very simple, easy topic. No, uh, no one struggles with that at all. Right.
1: No, not at all. All of us are very good at using social media and never say anything we shouldn't. And uh, a great God-glorifying place all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> you almost sounded
0: like you believed that. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so Chris, uh, without question, um, we've seen probably really intensely over the last, um, I'd say probably two to three years, that... Um, a lot of social media channels or outlets, particularly Twitter um, as, uh, as an easy example, have morphed from a place where people are occasionally sharing profound and helpful things and usually, usually um, amusing uh, images and cat videos to, um, well, to a place where everyone's kind of grumpy all the time. So, one one question is what do, what do you think has caused that?
1: Sin. Um, Good answer. I mean, that's not I mean, the Sunday school answer, but it's really the best way to put it. I mean, you could attribute it to just politics generally, divisiveness in the culture. You know, I mean, there are all kinds of things that you could attribute it to. Um, I think ultimately though the lowest common denominator is just basic human sin and brokenness pursuing our own self-interest um trying to make ourselves look good trying to impress other people by just owning other people and making other people look dumb i mean there are all kinds of uh, causes i think that have led social media to be a overwhelmingly negative place i I have become more and more discouraged by social media content, conversations, trends over the past two years or so than I've ever been before, Um, and I'm, quite frankly, pretty fed up with it, and uh, if I ever work in a job that doesn't require me to be knowledgeable on social media, you will not likely see me on it. Uh so but I do because I want to do my work well and I want to encourage people and try to help people do it well, I do still feel a sort of burden, a responsibility to be on it and using it in some respect. Yeah. I don't feel like I can just get off though you'll find few of the apps on my phone. Um so so anyway, I, I think you can attribute it to a lot a lot of external factors. I think all of those are Ultimately the fruit of the root, which is sin and selfishness and all of its other manifestations.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, despite this despite the fact that um, You know our our propensity towards sin has Made it a significantly more awful place to be um, Much of the time. There's still a lot of opportunity there though, isn't there? I mean um, Occasionally, there are still bright spots that that we can see, we can we can every once in a while see a good thing that happens that comes out of social media, um, but because it is a because it is a tool that um, gives us an opportunity to both um, be overt. Uh, proclaimers of the gospel, but also to engage with people in a gospel gospel centered way to be witnesses to the gospel in, in our in our behavior on on those various platforms. Um, it is It is something that we need, need to learn how to use well. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think you can stumble into using social media well yeah um I'll mention it in a minute. We want to talk about some guidelines for doing it well, just from my perspective. I'm not perfect by any means. Anyone who mm-hmm. paid attention to my social media about five years ago, I mean i'm I'm still squirrely sometimes, but about <laughs> around when I came to Lifeway, I just graduated college. Um, social media Twitter was a little bit more wild west back then. People had more debates though I mean, people argue today, but people who know each other personally had more debates publicly then than i feel like happens now a lot of times now you just see people who don't know each other just yelling at each other but back then i would try to hop in all these different debates whether they be theological or philosophical or whatever Um, so i'm not perfect by any means trust me but uh, i think it's fair to say and necessary to say that if you don't go into social media with some kind of strategy or plan, you are going to misuse it more frequently than you think you will or or, or set out to do. So yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely think it's fair and good to say that, uh, that you need to have plan and be intentional you're not just going to stumble into using it in a christ-like way
0: yeah absolutely absolutely well it's like anything else with our growth and holy holiness if we're not actively intentionally doing it um yeah no one drifts toward toward holiness we always drift back toward um something ungodly so um on that note um, because that's a great place to to transition us. Let's let's talk through some principles
1: that that you live by and that you advise others. Sure. So the first one is what I kind of what I just said. Have a strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, be intentional. So if you have again, whether you're listening and you're a church or a pastor or just a Christian individual, um, you don't need to have. You don't need to be a business or a church to have a strategy. You, you should have a personal strategy. Um, some people call it a brand. That's really unattractive to a lot of us, understandably so. But mm-hmm. have, have a strategy, have a plan, um, not only to avoid sin, because you're going to slip into that you're going to say things you know you shouldn't from time to time. Uh, and not that that's okay, but it is to be expected. You shouldn't be um, caught off guard when you do something dumb on social media because it's just bound to happen depending on how much you use it perhaps more frequently than other people (laughs) Um, but i think the more that you have a plan and intentionality uh you're more likely to have a goal or an or a, a prize if you will um of what you want to achieve so for me I use social media, I post goofy stuff, I just post links that I like. I'm pretty self-indulgent when it comes to like what I'm posting from time to time, but mm-hmm. everything I do, I try to gear it toward helping, people, helping Christians use social media or online content better. So, will I post hot takes on the Chicago Cubs from time to time? Yeah. Am I gonna <laughs> post random stuff about video games that I like to play? Sure. Um, but that's there's a lot more I might like to post on those topics on my Twitter or other places that I'm going to refrain from posting not because I think it's wrong or anything like that but because I know that people aren't following me for that stuff Yeah, um, if people are following me on Twitter or otherwise uh, they're not following me for what I think about baseball or video games or other things they're following me for what I think about social media or engaging young people in the church or other things like that so I try to think about my audience more than I think about myself when it comes to social media. That's my strategy, that's overarching kind of the value behind my strategy is Mm -hmm. thinking about my audience's needs and what they want from me more than whatever I just wanna do. And the ultimate goal is to just help as many people as I can use social media in ministry better. So have a strategy, whether you write it down or you just have it in your brain, People are different. They approach these things in different ways. So don't feel like there's one right answer. Uh, but uh, note it in some way and and pursue it, and you'll be less likely to do dumb stuff. And, in my experience, the more I've yeah. had a strategy, the less I've been likely. To, and some of that's just going to be general maturity and growing in Christ as well. But yeah. over the past few years, I've tried to hone my social media strategy a little bit more. And I think I've been using it in more wise ways than I did five, six Eight years ago.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one of those things that is important, even just as your baseline uh, as a strategy, is to think: um, okay, at a minimum, my strategy is don't get fired. Well, yes. And and so while that is you know your lowest common denominator, that's still a good starting starting point because you got to think um, we're seeing this more and more and more and more. Yeah. Um all over the place yeah. with with various people that yeah. the things that they either currently do and more frequently what they did in the past is coming back to to haunt them.
1: That's it, man, we could talk about that for a long time. I was just, yeah we're recording this on Monday, July 30th. I'm not sure uh, Aaron did not tell me when it's releasing, but um I was watching baseball tonight last night. so I'm a mm-hmm. baseball fan Cubs were facing the Cardinals last night on ESPN, and before the game, they always have Baseball Tonight, which is like a weekly baseball show, and I've watched it since I was a kid. And there was a guy earlier in the day, a pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, who pitched a no-hitter, Or came, sorry, came within one strike and one out of pitching a no-hitter, but then did not get the no-hitter. A hit was gotten off him off the last out. So he after the game, he goes to the press conference. He's 25 years old, just almost achieved a no-hitter, which some of the greatest pitchers of all time have never achieved. Mm-hmm. And the one of, if not the first, one of the first questions that was asked of him was, uh, "Hey Sean, his name. Hey Sean, uh, while you were pitching, uh, someone dug up some old tweets of yours from uh, seven or eight years ago when you were 18, and you used this language and that language and this language. Uh, do you consider yourself racist or homophobic based on the language you used from when you were 18 years old? <laughs> and um, I was just really mad. Like, yeah." I don't, I, I don't. I would never defend what he said. It was obviously wrong and using language yeah. people should never use. Um, I also don't advocate for for when people are achieving success, public success, just digging up old stuff oh, that yeah. they wrote when they were 18 years old or younger. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I think I, I have, there's a blog post in my head that has not made it to paper yet, uh, titled "Should people get fired for tweets?" Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think there are certain situations, i.e., perhaps Roseanne uh, or other things, where the tweets are just so explicit or problematic that they that they should result in some consequence in the real world. Sure. Uh, but I wonder about the example I just shared. Should he get in some serious trouble because of a tweet he, he sent when he was seventeen or eighteen? I'm not sure. Um, so anyway, it's a conversation that should be had. But yeah. For sure, be careful of what you're posting. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Well, and that's just
0: a good reminder for us in general. Um, even if we don't have necessarily have a fear of being of being terminated by our employers, that if we are, if we're people who are very open about the fact that we are followers of Jesus, um, that. Our content should at least reflect that in some capacity, whether that is overtly in the things that we do say or in what we don't,
1: exactly. as well. Yeah. So the the second guiding principle that I have for using social media well, or or with a kind of a gospel centered perspective, uh, is don't argue on on social media. Mm. Um, don't argue. It mm-hmm. is really simple. Uh, like I said, if you were to comb through my tweets like people did for that Braves pitcher, uh, you would find that I always used to argue. So it's not like I've uh, been perfect at avoiding this or anything like that. But uh, it, it's just not good practice to argue on social media. I, I say it half jokingly, half seriously. Um, when When I've seen two strangers or two people who are strangers to each other arguing on social media, I have never seen one convince the other. Publicly, no. Uh, I've never seen you know two, you know uh, opposing political people or you know people who think different politically arguing about some major issue like healthcare or something like that or immigration reform, and then one of them ultimately saying, "Hey, I really, you know, I, you really convinced me. Mm-hmm. I really think I've just never seen it." And so I think you know, some people maybe have, and I've seen I've seen people who know each other in the real world call each other out. And the person say, oh, yeah, man, you're right. Thanks for calling me out on that. I've kind of changed. But but those people have rapport with each other. They know each other in the real world. It's different. Um, So I I just tend to say, hey, don't argue. And maybe you could add a qualifier. Don't argue publicly. If you want to have a conversation or debate with people in DMs or via Facebook Messenger, go for it. The reason I say don't argue um, publicly, at least, is because um, when people argue publicly, they're trying to impress people. A Mm -hmm. question that I get a lot of times is when you're, you know, when someone uh, criticizes you in the Facebook comments of your church's page or in your um, in your in a Twitter conversation. If they criticize you, do you like, you know, do you block them? Do you delete the comment? Like, what do you do? Yeah. And I just always say, get the conversation offline or at least privately online as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as the conversation goes private. Nobody's trying to impress anyone. No one's trying to grandstand. Yeah. As long as the conversation stays public, people know that they are tweeting and having a or or posting on Facebook and having a conversation in front of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And and they're going to try to shame you, make you look bad, whatever else. So, if you're going to argue or have a debate or a heated conversation online, yeah. take it private as soon as possible so that neither of you are tempted to shame one another in front of others or take it offline via a phone call or something else would be even better. Yep. And your, your argument or debate, if you actually want to resolve whatever it is you're talking about, is more likely to actually be resolved. So, that's the second of three guidelines I would have. Yeah. And I think
0: in that, too... Um I mean, sir, with one of the with one of the Twitter accounts that I that I manage, um, I get a lot of particularly nasty uh, things tweeted tweeted toward uh, toward that account, and um, it is because and it's it's usually you know kind of the angry atheist kind of stuff. So with that stuff, I just don't even respond to it at all. Because all it does is it validates it. Um, the other thing you need to be careful of in your private conversations is still maintain very careful language. Don't don't come in both guns blazing or any guns blazing. Um, but a great question that we don't ask often enough is, can you help me understand... This. What is it that What is it that you that you saw that you heard prompted this response? Um, it diffuses the argument right away, um, and automatically it become it puts you in the posture of humility of wanting to learn. Um, now, the great thing about that too is is most of the time people won't respond, which is also kind of great because. I think one of the things that we often forget is that behind every every social media avatar and handle, there's a person there. And when you actually get an interaction with someone, it reminds you that there actually is another human being that
1: you're engaging with. That's exactly right. And that leads into the third guiding principle for using social media well that I try to tell people, I was just at a conference uh, two weeks ago with you, actually, mm-hmm. um, and I, I brought up this point. I think it's really important. Um, it's uh, give others the benefit of the doubt and understand that people will not often give you the benefit of the doubt. So, Yeah. Uh, same, so a question was actually asked, and I'm in a church social media manager's Facebook group, where people just kind of like, you know, share best practices. Hey, have you guys seen this? How you know, Has it helped you? All that kind of stuff. And someone asked a question actually just this morning, said... How do you deal with someone who visits your church, but they're not a member and sends attacking posts through Facebook messages? So whether it's Facebook messages or comments, like I was just talking about, or whatever else, it's really tempting to want to respond in a snarky way. Maybe not if you're if you're acting as the church, you may be less tempted because you know that would look bad.
0: Mm-hmm. But if
1: you're acting as an individual, it may be temp- you may be tempted to respond in a mean way or a, a sarcastic way or witty or. Or try to, you know, if there's an atheist saying, God's not real, He's, God's dead, you know, and you respond in some cheeky way. It's yeah. very tempting to do that. At least it's tempting for me. Uh, maybe it's not for you guys, for whoever's listening. But for me, I've been tempted to do that in the past. And so they said, how, how would you deal with it? And some people, the most common response to the person's question was delete the posts and ban the person from the page. Right. Um, that's the most common advice I hear for this kind of a thing. And I don't like it now. I think there's a qualification that, or a, or a um, kind of a clear picture that we should have when we're talking about this. I think if the person, let's say this there's a person, an, an atheist or someone in your community who just hates your church and they're commenting on your Facebook page and um, they're just using terrible language, calling you, like using four-letter words or dropping all kinds of nasty language. It's just vulgar. Yeah. Yes. Delete and ban them. Because you don't need that language on your page. It doesn't need you know, you don't need people to be offended. You know, all kind of, all kinds of reasons just to like block that out. But if there's someone coming to your page and they say, Hey, my kid came to your VBS and he was bullied. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And they're and they might be mad, but they're not using foul language and you know, they're not they're not maybe being the nicest, but they're not, you know, calling you all kinds of nasty names. They're just like, hey, my kid came to your church VBS and he was bullied. That's a problem, and I just want to let you guys know that it's a problem and that it's happening. Yeah, let's say that's what they say. And they it's an angry mom or an angry dad. Yeah, um, you do not block and ban that person. You do not delete that post, and be, that, that's bad. That is bad. Mm-hmm. You do not do that. That says we don't care that you had a problem. That's a negative. That's like a restaurant. It's like that's a negative review, and we want that gone. Uh, you do not do that. If someone comes to your church's Facebook page or your church's Twitter account or your personal one, and they're coming with like a legitimate critique, a legitimate criticism, saying, "Hey, uh, this is a problem," or I, you know, I saw your pastor doing this, or you know, something like that, you need to address it. Number one, and number two, you need to give them the benefit of the doubt. I would say even for trolls who are being nasty, you give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about what that actually looks like in a second. Uh, but again, then take it offline or private as soon as possible because you don't need people grandstanding. Now, how do you actually give people the benefit of the doubt? Or why would you do that? Or what's that mean? I think back to what you said, Aaron, mm-hmm. about how when we engage with other people online, we have to realize that there are actually people behind the f- the profile picture, the avatar. Yeah. Um, when, when I see a troll on Twitter or Facebook, you know, especially like an anonymous troll who clearly has a history of doing whatever they're doing in this situation, mm-hmm. I, I often, I just don't get offended by random people. I get more offended if you said something nasty me about me on Twitter than yeah. some rando person who's clearly behind an anonymous. Thing. I just don't care if they're going to, Get all up in my grill. Yeah. Sorry about all those yeah, uh, yeah, nasty right, yeah. tweets like, yeah, about your yeah. Cubs yeah, posts that's all right. or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, so it's just not going to offend me. So I guess maybe I have a little bit thicker skin uh-huh. in that way. But just understand that a lot of times when someone's posting something mean on social media, whether it be directed at you, your church, or otherwise, it's likely not because of you or your church or something else. That person likely is just having a really bad day mm-hmm. or they lost their job or they got in a car accident or their house got broken. You know, that person's just hurting. Yeah. Like if, if, if there's someone being nasty, sure, could they just be a mean person? Of course. But they're likely hurting in some way or for some reason. And I think we need to be aware of that. And I think one of the ba- ways we can m- be most gospel-centered or Christ-like in the way we use social media is by being aware of the hurt that people have, and that it often manifests itself in just being a quote-unquote troll. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe it's a a father, you know, abandonment issue. Maybe they are all kind. Of, I'm not going to psychoanalyze all the trolls online, but just be aware that if people are being nasty to you online, um, that they're not, like, personified devils. Uh, they're they're actually people who are probably just dealing with some really tough stuff. Yeah. And the only way they figured out how to deal with it is to just be mean online. And that's not to excuse it. No. But that's just to say one of the best, most Christ-like things you can do, most gospel-centered ways to use social media, in my opinion, is to just respond to them in kindness. Yeah. And to them saying nasty things to you is not going to hurt you or just just let them say what they want to say and be kind to them in return and direct them to any resources you may think are helpful and and then if you know if all they if all they're responding to you with is four letter words or nastiness then just let the conversation die but yeah. but don't block them don't ban them unless they're littering your page with nasty stuff you don't need to see
0: right right well and man that's super helpful and it is pretty it is pretty incredible when you can actually When you can actually engage with uh, with one of these people and you can um, get into what is going going on down there. I mean, I know that there's um, a lot of the time there's like if it's someone that we're we're actually friends with for real, you know, when they're, you know, being whatever they are on social media you can just you can just publicly say things like in a joking manner it's like who hurt you uh, I do that to Brian all the time because right. um, clearly audiobooks have hurt him and uh, <laughs> he teases me about that a lot <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, he doesn't think audiobooks count as real books and he's that's wrong he's wrong yeah, so he's worked, yeah. absolutely but that's a different podcast that's my other one so um, <laughs> but 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 there is this thing that that is it that is pretty interesting when you when you get a glimpse of even with the nasty people um, in our in our line of work there there are whole blogs that are dedicated to basically just trashing um, the company that we work for which is which is again kind of a bummer um, but there's something really amazing when when we get the opportunity to Actually, do something kind for even those people, and even if we don't know that those people are the people that we're being kind to, as well, because it has the opportunity to both change their impression of the place that we work, but also the, um, um, but ultimately gets to remind them that there that there are Jesus-loving people who want to be who want to show the love of Christ to them as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, so. I, I just, I just think the over, the the presiding kind of uh, it's kind of a cliche, but like um, um, the ethic of just killing killing people with kindness, kind of an idea. Yeah, uh, you know, just um, when trolls online, and this is just my experience. I'm sure there are plenty of examples to refute this, but when I have seen trolls online met with kindness, it's like it's so disorienting to them. Mm-hmm. That they're like, "Wait, you mean you're not just gonna like fire back?" What, I don't know what to do now and then effectively by responding to a troll with kindness you you let them self detonate a little bit like yep. they, they kind of show themselves to be um, foolish yeah because they just are then arguing with themselves. And yeah. so not only is it the Christ-like and kind thing to do, I also think it's just an effective method of shutting down trolls from a practical perspective.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So. And I mean, if there's one other um, principle, like say a 3.5 um, that's in there, um, it's, it's related to all, all of these, it ties into strategy. Um, yeah. It ties into everything is just don't have anything to do with, people who are insistent yeah on fighting i mean yeah. that's Titus 310 it's have nothing to do with a quarrelsome person right. who um warn them once then twice and then that's it yeah nothing else right so you can generally assume that someone who is is like that that they have been that they've had that happen to them correct both in person and certainly online so just don't engage
1: yeah yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. And I think it's just, uh, yeah, I think it's good to have a strategy in place where you can protect yourself from, because you're going to have an impulse, depending on your personality, you may have an impulse to want to fight back and defend whatever it is they're going after. It's, you're not going to win. Even, yeah. even if you're right, you're going you're gonna to look like you've lost. So it's just best to avoid.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, man, Chris, this has been super helpful. Um, I think that, um the these principles give us a lot to work with in terms of approaching social media from a gospel-centered perspective um guys thanks for listening to this episode do check out lifeway social um as well chris do you want to give uh, a couple of details on that before we
1: close up uh sure yeah lifeway social you can just go to lifewaysocial.com there are resources there we've got a blog where we post stuff a couple times a week just practical ways to try to create content online with a heart of serving people rather than serving yourself alone um, and there are there are different ways you can sign up for LifeWay Social. We've got like a monthly email or a weekly email that's like a dollar a month that's really helpful. I think it just kind of gives you the tools to do social media on your own. But then there are more in-depth like video coaching options if that's more your route. And you can find more about that on the on the LifeWaySocial.com website as well.
0: Very cool. Very cool, Chris. Thanks again. And uh, guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, uh, we'd love for you to um, do a couple of things. One, if... Uh, if you're digging it, um, please do leave a, a rating and review on iTunes. Um, that helps people helps people find the show. Um, and, too, if you've got a, a question or a topic you'd like us to to handle on a future episode, you can send us um, a message on Twitter. Um, our handle is at under, uh, gospel underscore project. Um, or you can email us at thegospelproject at lifeway.com. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all Scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.